Welcome to the One Stepping Podcast brought to you by the Dukes Track Club, episode one, where we sat down with some of the Brooks Beasts that were training in Albuquerque. Conversation included veteran professional runner Garrett Heath, whose accolades include a seventh place finish in the 2010 World 1500 Meter Indoor Championship, and new Brooks Beast runners Josh Kerr, NCAA record holder over 1500 meters, and recent third place finisher and top American in the NCAA 10,000 meters, Dylan Maggard. We spent some time talking about running, talking about things to do in your downtime during altitude camp, and just got to know the guys better. Hope you enjoy it. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us today, guys. I uh, appreciate you kind of sitting down, and, and uh, we're excited to hear more about your time in Albuquerque and uh, kind of how your training's going and, and just general life stuff. So, uh, Dylan, you want to get us started with uh, kind of your background? Yeah, um, graduated from Utah State last year, uh, just signed with the Beast. Um, spent the last month pretty much in Albuquerque training. Now uh, we're getting ready for USA Cross in Florida this weekend. Um, what other questions do you have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good intro for yourself, I'm Garrett. Uh, yeah, I'm Garrett Heath. Uh, I went to Stanford. Um, I'm like these guys, I graduated about 10 years ago now, uh, so I'm the old man of the group. Uh, like Dylan, I've been training for US Cross up here last month or so. Um, it's been just the two of us in the house, so a lot of a lot of good times together. We've adopted Josh for a couple nights here and there, but uh, otherwise just a lot of, a lot of brotherly bonding up here. Sure, so. and the couch surfer, what's yeah. your background? Yeah, that's me. Uh, <laughs> my name is Josh Kerr. Uh, I currently struggle to UNM, uh, pursuing my MBA, and I have another year and a half left of that. Um, I recently joined the Brooks Beasts around about six months ago, eight months ago, and uh, so I've trained full-time in Albuquerque, which I will be moving to Seattle pretty soon. It's pretty up in the air at the moment, but these guys have kind of come and helped me out but I train with a couple of guys on the team and, and sometimes some of my old training partners from, from the team as well so it's kind of where I'm at but I'm more working towards the indoor mile rather than the cross country 10k so sure yeah. except for today except for today <laughs> where I hit more miles than these boys but you know that's <laughs> alright no and uh, obviously you know going to school here you've been here for a number of years um, kind of when did you first move and like kind of what what made you choose New Mexico in the first place? Yeah, I, it, it was a weird situation because we leave school in Scotland a year early. So I was kind of trying to get recruited at 16 years old. And, and running at 16 years old, even though if you run fast or not, it's not really that you know good compared to you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old sure. running. So I was getting recruited um, and I ran like 352 in the 1500 and and stuff and, and I wasn't really getting a lot of interest every coach was like you know email back next year and, and see how it goes but I turned 17 you know during the process and I ended up running 344 and, and got the European junior title so New Mexico were like yeah we'll take you on <laughs> um, so they, I actually signed before that happened when I was still a 352 guy so yeah I came out here I didn't really have any other options to be honest like yeah. no one else was, was wanting me so it kind of it fitted really well. One of my old trainer partners, Ross Matheson, used to run here actually, and uh, he just said, "Look, you don't need a visit; you'll be fine." <laughs> so I never never visited. Came out here at seventeen, and kind of 
the rest is history, really. Had you been to the United States at all before? No. Okay. No. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was like, you know what, it'll be fine. You know, <laughs> Did you know New Mexico was in the United States? <laughs> Probably not. Um, not a lot of people do when I bring it up back in the UK, but yeah, no, it's just, you gotta, you gotta make a leap at some point, and uh, I feel like it was a reasonably calculated leap. My parents were like, ah, you'll be fine, you know. Yeah. You'll grow up when you get there, I'm sure. But I, I was still young, so. And when you were in Scotland, was it more of like a club system? Like mm-hmm. it's kind of, kind of yeah. Like so there's not really a high school. I didn't have a high school team really. Oh. Um, so a club team, Edinburgh Athletic Club. We have some pretty awesome milers right now with Chris O'Hare, who went to Tulsa, and Jake Whiteman, who grew up and did all the stuff in the UK. But sure. all all kind of really good 1500 guys. But um, yeah, just club and uh went there every couple nights and and then just finally all the other sports dropped off and time went by and this is the one that was left really yeah and then i mean it's had kind of a, a decent i guess pipeline from like the uk to new mexico does that i mean kind of help shape your decision at all like knowing some people that would yeah. have gone through similar circumstances you yeah i mean there's a lot of brits on the unm team uh that always helps just that home away from home knowing that you know the culture can't be that different or, or you know that strange or anything really if, if all these guys are there and they're staying there and they're they're progressing with their career so you know with Lee Emanuel like Ross Masson was also a, a kind of miler as well and I was like you know he knows how to train milers let's just give it a go so you know you gotta realize it's pretty far away but you know even if I went to a university in England or whatever it's still far away you know I guess we're on the kind of other side but sure. you know it's still gonna be a far away if, if something happens you know what I mean like I still gotta go home at some point so yeah you know go home at Christmas and summer and, and that's nice but my parents come out a bit so that's also good but you know the weather here is awesome so you can't complain yeah it's definitely good for training um, yeah which I guess you started coming down here was it not until you were with Brooks or did you stock any days at all did you do any kind of altitude training trips or kind of when did it all come about uh, we've been doing, uh, I guess, altitude a little bit since college. Okay. Uh, the Stanford team, we used to go to Mammoth before the season started every fall. Um, and then over time, transitioned to going to Tahoe for a little bit. And then I think now they're back at Mammoth. But that was like a pretty short stint. It was three weeks. Uh, I've always loved altitude, so got super pumped every year. It would be a great bonding trip for the guys' team. Sure. And, you know, you debatably get more fit or not because you train a ton but then you just like make these massive feasts every day regardless of what you're doing uh but we loved it uh and then i think those it was maybe just not quite long enough to really get the altitude benefits it was more kind of for the bonding and smash a lot and come down and sometimes for myself i'd be a little overtrained i think early in the season um uh, just because you'd hit it up pretty hard up there and then come down and really hit it that first race and then like Especially early in my career, I had a long, t- or hard time holding on late into the season. This when you were in college or was it early pro? In college, yeah. uh, and then as a pro, it's I mean the season changes, so it's just kind of like all one season as opposed to the three that you have in college. Sure. Um, but yeah, I've gone kind of it was Saucony. I spent some time uh, in Flagstaff. Went to Colorado Springs and spent a few months at the Olympic Training Center there. Uh, which was uh, particularly lonely at times when I was like training alone and living alone and like yeah. you can only be alone so much but I made some triathlete friends there that kind of helped pass the time a little bit um, 
And then, yeah, we actually spent a year in Flagstaff for altitude, or not a full year, but went there one year for with Brooks. Um, went to Park City a little bit last year with the team. So kind of tested them all out. Yeah. Um, I think those are the main staples within the U.S. at least that were yeah. where a lot of the training groups go. But they all their perks. Uh, I mean, we love coming to Albuquerque mainly because Josh is here. But, uh, <laughs> also because there's just like, it's unlimited soft surface trails. Yeah. And, uh, you can get flat along the river for recovery days and flat in long runs. And you can get hills anytime you want out your back door. Um and the weather like this time of year is pretty hard to beat. Like, particularly January, February, Flagstaff can be a mess. Mammoth yeah. can be a mess. Tahoe, you know. Yeah, you, and you see. Snowy. Yeah, you can see like you know posts from other people like they're having to shovel tracks and stuff to do their track work. And I mean, right. if it snows here, which I think they say they got the first you know like blizzard here, and who knows how long. But <laughs> blizzard meant that there was like a, a, a light dusting on the ground for maybe four hours, and then right. <laughs> you're good to go again. So it's definitely one of the uh, one of the perks that I've, I've I've only been here for a year, so it's very, definitely um, something I've noticed as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dylan, uh, you know, kind of new on the Brooks Beast team. Uh, obviously, you had some altitude experience in college, but kind of you can walk through how you uh, how you landed uh, with the Brooks, and then what do you think of Albuquerque so far? Yeah, um, spent first eighteen years of my life in Seattle area. I uh, went up to Logan, did one visit in college, and um, felt right. So went to went to Utah State and was. Pretty much would only go home two weeks out of the year, so I spent four years um, up at altitude there, and then uh, we'd come to Albuquerque a lot for indoor meets. So I'm kind of familiar with this place. We used to race um, UNM and Utah State are kind of rivals, but um, <laughs> so Josh and I were Mountain West uh, conference rivals, I'd say for a while um, in college. But uh, so I have to sit between them, separate you two. That's why you're not staying here at night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't be around it too much. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely was like familiar with Albuquerque, but um, we kind of run from the convention center to Rio Grande, and um, so I've ran on the Rio Grande before quite a few times. But um, yeah, it's great training here, especially when we'd come from Logan. Uh, it would be sometimes four feet of snow on the ground, and like uh, just not ideal conditions all the trails would be snowed on so you'd have to run on the roads um so coming coming to albuquerque was always nice so it'd always be 40s 50s sunny yeah what's um, the elevation at logan again it's like 4800 feet okay so, so pretty, pretty similar pretty similar to here yeah uh so jesse here is more of a, an albuquerque expert than me you probably can ask him more about you know the exciting things in the city and what you know favorite food places yeah we were going to get to that about like what what do you guys like about new mexico or albuquerque in general like the food aspects and i know you guys are kind of in the thick of training so probably don't want to drink too much of the local beer but if you could or have in the past how much of a torture is it to see me drink this (laughs) (laughs) yeah how much in the past uh, have you had and what are your like most favorable places here in town Java Joe's. <laughs> Java Joe's. Java Joe's, yeah, not for beer, but we do, we do love Java Joe's breakfast burritos. It's kind of been the staple. Uh, I think one of three places Dylan's been in Albuquerque. <laughs> Dylan just, yeah, he just whips out the question of how hot is the chili. Everyone's like, ah, oh, you'll be fine. And then he's just, they he's always, just sweat. Yeah, they, they say it's going to be bad. And it's, it's a red or green. 
You've been doing green. I've but never done red chili on yeah. green. It's a little bit milder, but we haven't told you that because it's quite funny to watch. In my <laughs> <laughs> also learned how to spell uh, chili recently. <laughs> Without the S. Uh, just, yeah, I, was, I spelled it C-H-I-L-I. Uh, it's actually E at the end for <laughs> Mexican chili. There you go, you're learning. Do you find yourself like mispronouncing like street names or... Or things here in town with the Hispanic flair. Cause I did that when I first came down here. I was like, yeah. He's only saying it to Garrett though, so they're both like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I gotta go around. You guys around Bosque? Bosque. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bosque. Bosque. He usually puts his head down in the car and he looks up around the river again. It's all the same. Uh, when you guys are driving to a run, you, you listen to some tunes, you get pump up jams, or. I try to play music, but Garrett doesn't, <laughs> Garrett doesn't approve all the time. It's too loud. He, he, just, he just likes songs like words. Yeah, he doesn't like words in his songs, so sometimes we have to moderate what he's playing. I like to play uh, electronic dance music, some <laughs> melodic dubstep, maybe. Um, Albuquerque's got good radio, though. Better radio than Seattle. I feel like we really? get a lot of presets in the car here. Uh, whereas Seattle, I think there's only like two or three stations with good music. So uh, we have appreciated that. You guys have a go-to coffee place in Seattle? <sighs> there's a lot in Seattle. Yeah, I can uh, imagine. <laughs> yeah, Starbucks. They're not going to let you back in the airport. Yeah, there's a few that are kind of right around uh, the Brooks office, too, that are pretty good. Like there's Stone a mirror, Stoneway. That's my favorite. Um, both of those kind of like right downstairs. So we spend, at least I've spent a lot of time sitting at coffee shops and drinking coffee. Um, up here, I've been trying to get these guys on. Uh, the the hardcore coffee grind uh so i brought my hand grinder up here oh, teaching him how a burr grinder <laughs> works and uh, giving him the pour over setup and uh dylan's slowly adapting it'll probably be another couple of years but josh appreciates it's a thing about to be honest it really <laughs> is like watching him in the morning is just like it's wonderful to see it's an upper body <laughs> workout they started tell him about the grinder though the stone unstable <laughs> contact oh uh, yeah it's very important the grind is and dylan's working with this archaic blade grinder that just sla slashes beans left and right. you don't know what sort of consistency you're going to get whereas the, the stone grind or the burr grinder you get the beans you go through and they're consistent but Anyway, yeah, <laughs> you know, you gotta do something what with your free time as well. Pouring, pouring the hot water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, we'll have to save that for a different episode. <laughs> there's a lot to go into. Yeah, a whole episode. Just yeah, I was gonna get into that pour over or AeroPress or French press or what? What's your uh, I like them all. Pour over is what I usually go to though. Into um, the process, nice and soothing. Yeah, just yeah. Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. The bloom, you know. <laughs> just the. The aroma, you know. Yeah, it sounds it sounds kind of bougie to talk about it. But in the morning, it's just it's relaxing, you know. It's calming. Hey, you gotta own it. Yeah, <laughs> listen to the radio and make the coffee. Do you guys feel like uh, Garrett's trying to pass pass down all these, you know, kind of teachings to you? Because that's kind of what I'm gathering from, mm -hmm. you know, uh, his time out here trying to kind of get you guys in the the routine that that he's kind of fallen into over the years. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely learning from him. He's he's been in the sport a while, so. Um, What's the most important thing he's taught you so far? <laughs> he's putting a lot of There's so tools. many. Uh, <laughs> you um, don't have to kiss his ass. He's he 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 <laughs> 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 uh, 
the importance of of uh, wearing glycerins every day. Yeah, we constantly have a debate over which Brooks shoe is better, but um, I've learned that the glycerins is superior to the <laughs> on, on recovery days. Not on days that you want to run fast, but... Um, you want to feel good, yeah. You wear yeah. glycerins. He also probably eats healthier than anybody I know. So, <laughs> and I mean, I'm, I'm probably coming this is coming from, from a guy who ate at McDonald's at least once a day prior to coming to the team. So, uh, once a, a week, but yeah. yeah. We've had a good, good combo up here. I usually cook the meal and build some cleaning and okay. yeah, have some family dinners most nights. It's been good. I guess since we were talking quickly about product or about Brooks, I was going to ask you guys if you guys were excited about anything that Brooks is doing recently or coming out uh, that you may be able to talk about if, if that, uh, like a shoe or, you were saying the glycerins of course, cause they're plush. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anything else that plush you're excited for? Well the thing is Gaga is leaning on these secrets but we're not trusted yet so you know. <laughs> you guys need to leave the room. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, Gary knows all this stuff. But, I mean, like, Brooks are coming out with these awesome, like, LE-type casual shoes that we've all been wearing a lot. Like, they used to have the kind of, like, vanguards and stuff like that, but I don't feel like they were actually that good for your feet. But now they're coming out with, like, the levitate-type better-looking shoe, which for us is great because we always wearing Brooks, but it just means that we can kind of relax more. And I mean, they brought it out, and everyone was super excited about it. So I, I think that's a product that I really liked. You're not going to wear the all-white leather addiction? Oh, David wears those. David Ribbage on our team. He's, he looks good, yeah. He does kill him off. He just takes it next level. I mean, yeah. The kid can't get much lower, so like, it's, it's that way like, you just see him and you're just like, I can't expect anything less from you, David. Like, but yeah, it might be a little too, like, it's pretty ironic, you know, when he's wearing them. If I wore them, people would be like, oh, wait, is he... Does he really wear those? Serious? <laughs> <laughs> serious. Uh, but now I think I feel like the cool part for me being with Brooks for a while now is like when I first joined, they've always had great shoes. Um, but like Josh was saying, kind of the look of a lot of their like just everyday running shoes has gotten a lot better in the last like three, four years to where like they look good. You want to wear them out, walk around in them uh, as well as like they've got the performance side. But yeah, I mean, can't get into too many specifics of like things that we've seen that are coming out, but uh, I can say there's a lot of cool things in the pipeline, and I think one of the best parts about being on our team is that we're based in Seattle, based out of the headquarters, and so we do get like a lot of hands-on time working with the footwear team, working with the apparel team to like give them feed up, feedback on what we want. Um, so like, for example, like with the wire spikes that came out. Uh, I did a ton of work with the footwear team on those and like they took a lot of feedback and like, you know, it's been, it's, it was really cool just being involved in the process of designing something. And so, yes. um, did it take time to like learn the, the language like to, or do they have a translator? For sure, that yeah. So yeah. No, it's like, <laughs> but the first time, like, cause a lot of times they'll send out surveys, yeah. you know, which, uh, I like to talk in person more you can get a little bit better feedback yeah. but uh you know if you're not around you have to kind of fill out the survey online and we were up in the mountains and got like the first survey to fill out and it was like you know what's the transition what's the four foot strike you know how's the feel and like 
you know, like all these different, like, uh, the lingo. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know, like was the transition just when I'm rolling through, like, you yeah. know, so like trying to figure out some of that and, you know, all the questions basically blended together into one. I was like, yeah, it felt good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, gotten better with that, I think over time, but they're pretty good at kind of like diving in and picking out like the little different bits and pieces that they're looking forward to or for it as well. Good. Um, yes. Uh, obviously, on the Brooks kind of uh, line of talking, your teammates had a pretty good weekend. You guys watched that. Was that pretty exciting? Is that something that um, you sit around here and do your pour overs and <laughs> have a little watch party? Or kind of how did you uh, hear about that uh, kind of world record result? Yeah, I think uh, Dylan and I have been getting, I mean, Josh had to race that same day. So he was actually getting ready to run down at UNM on his own 800. But uh, yeah, Dylan and I have been getting pumped for that race for weeks up here. I mean, there's not a lot to look forward to. So like we knew they've been going for them. I've been hearing updates. It's like they're super fit. And like, we, you know, occasionally see the videos or something on Instagram and uh so yeah, we were super pumped. We pulled it up on the TV here, put the uh, USATF feed up on the TV, and it was uh, it was close at the start. Like we were right on pace, and you know, I mean, is there any like friendly trash talk between the teams, like between Hoka and, uh, <laughs> and Brooks, or unfriendly trash talk? <laughs> I don't know. Not for us. We're just isolated. Josh, you're more than a distance guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that. Because it was their record, right. um, they're obviously going to be reasonably protectable. I don't think there was any trash talk or anything, but like inside, I think it was a fully new team for them as well. To be fair, the NGNY squad. So, but I, I do think that like inside, they were like, you know, this is our record. We we want to go out and get it, and it was like. So I didn't watch it live. Um, so because I I was just about to go and start warming up for my race, but yeah, I just feel like it. It's a record that's just so unique with you know it's the same team the same country like i wasn't allowed to be on it because i'm not from the u.s but i was pretty gutted about that but no i just yeah i just and i wasn't fast enough yeah and um i just think that you know like it's not the the four by mile this the, it's not running the mile it's the hard part it's front running fast miles without a rabbit you know like they, they're all sub four miles easily you know on the day but to go out and kind of summon your inner like collegiate career of front running races that's what they had to do and and uh they did it awesomely and it was just uh, like massively proud moment for all of us being on the same team as them for sure nice. yeah i think uh you know kind of lends itself to it's hard to you know run as absolute fast as you can when you're in like a strict head-to-head matchup like that as well because you know you're, i mean part of you obviously wants to run fast but then you're still that kind of racing mindset kicks in of, of you know what's this i don't want to just go tow this guy along and and you know let him run away from me you know at the end so that that kind of can battle against him a little bit it happened to me a lot growing up but no that's something you guys have all about <laughs> Yeah, I, feel, I feel like that's an underestimated part of like the sport in general is like especially now there's so many rabbited races that like as a pro you very rarely are you have to run from the front and run fast and so like uh you see somebody's pb and you're like oh man they're a 353 miler but it's like well he ran that in a race it was perfectly paced yeah. out he sat in the back kicked the last 200 meters and ran a pb but like is that personal story? Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, running from the front hurts, man. It's like a different animal. I mean, yeah. So. Yeah. so how does that kind of translate to like uh, the passion you guys might have for cross country, especially coming coming up this weekend? 
Definitely won't be leading that race. <laughs> uh, I think it takes uh, a certain amount of like discipline to lead from the front because, uh, I mean, more personal example, my junior year I tried to take it out from the gun from uh, when I was racing Josh. I went out in 158 at altitude and blew myself up the last 400 meters. But, um, yeah, I mean, next weekend definitely going to be going for the ride. Hanging out in the back, covering moves, finding Garrett. <laughs> What's cool part about like cross country and the roads though is that like it is a different strategic side of running that you don't get on the track. Whereas the track, it's like so clear that there's the shortest line and that everybody just wants to be behind the guy who's setting the pace because you don't have to worry about what you're coming through, what your splits are, running even pace. Whereas like. Cross country times and road, you know, mile or road 5k or whatever times mean nothing because the courses are all different. So it's like you're just out there, like trying to race the guys and like probably five or six wide a lot of the time. So it's not like one guy out front, everybody tucked behind him. It's often guys side by side by side and a big pack. And uh, I think it, yeah, just the dynamics of it makes it makes it kind of exciting and not like switching things up, you know, back and forth with all of them just to kind of keep things fresh and feel like you can run faster sometimes uh, pushing your tactics in one of them and then trying to take that to the other one a little bit so have you guys either of you run the course before that you guys are racing on this weekend no I haven't I mean it's cross country so it's <laughs> I mean I know it can vary from course to course but I mean you said it's it's all kind of it's, it's so much less based on time and so much, you know, kind of reacting to what everyone else is doing. I think, uh, yeah, it's one of the, the, it's, as a spectator, you know, going and watching some of those races, it, it makes it you know, pretty special. And then, you know, obviously the, the sprint back and forth cheering for people, uh, you know, as my first kind of NCAA meet that I'd ever gone and watched was like an NCAA cross country meet. And, and just, I mean, you have to be fit just to cheer for some of those races. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, I do think those are pretty cool atmospheres. And then I think, I think I've only seen us cross once when I was in St. Louis, but yeah, it's definitely, um, I, I think they do a good job of making it, um, probably a little more spectator friendly than racer friendly at times when they get to the U S championships, but, mm -hmm. uh, definitely excited to see, you know, how you guys do. Um, and then kind of what else is on the schedule coming up. That's going to probably decide a lot for both of us. I think, <laughs> Yeah, depending on where that what happens there, we'll kind of decide if we stick the cross country route to go, sure. you know, to Denmark, or if it's like fully uh, switch over to indoor track or something. So, yeah, I think I think this is like, going back to the course though. I think this course is going to be a little bit different, closer to a track than what Josh is used to up in Scotland. Uh, <laughs> cross country can have a pretty big. Yeah, it's more your home course than mine. You run it more times than I have. Yeah, we're, yeah. Both, we're both Scottish boys now. <laughs> what's each of you? What's the the easiest and the hardest cross country course you've ever run? I don't think there's such thing as an easy course. <laughs> oh, I've run on an easy course. Bradley is grass track. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, the Stanford cross country course isn't a whole lot different from the track. <laughs> And my favorite course is uh, Paul Short at Lehigh University. Mm -hmm. It's Pennsylvania. It's my favorite. You run through cornfields and through the backwoods. Not a whole lot of spectators back there, so it's kind of cool. Um, you're running kind of like alone with a bunch of other dudes. It's kind of an eerie feeling. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. 
<laughs> hear like banjos? Like, is it like the yeah, just, All you hear is footsteps and you're just running through the woods. Yeah, and, like, that's it's pretty It's quiet cool. and, yeah. I love Scotland. Yeah. yeah. Edinburgh, of course. Is, um, you haven't had much yeah. luck there. So <laughs> <laughs> Josh and overlap. Yeah. I, I mean, I hated that course. I, was, I grew up on that. I actually ran on that course every Sunday. Didn't make any difference to my career on that race on that course. It, I just raced terribly on there. I really like, um, I like the Utah State's course. I think mainly really? due to the fact that it's probably the best cross country race I've ran. And I've not ran many. Yeah. It's on you know. the dirt and gravel roads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> somehow, for I don't even know how, I somehow individually qualify for NC Blaze. So <laughs> no I have the mountain are. region, too. So yeah, mountain region, tough one. But yeah, no, I enjoyed it. No, because like, you know, we're coming slightly down and I don't know, I've, I've, I've run it, plus it's right next to your track and I really like like racing on that track as well. So I don't know, I just like that altitude. Nice. It's a nice little... It means a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible school, though. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, uh, I went to, uh, you guys played uh, U- University of New Mexico this past week, and we're doing, I don't know, the basketball trash talk about that. So this is my first Lobos game I went to, uh, and, and Utah State won with a buzzer beater, so it was, uh, yeah. so uh, you ruined it for me, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a tough one. <laughs> um, Jesse, you got some questions? Uh, I guess one last thing, because very so often when you guys come out, Danny kind of talks about um, the closeness that you guys have and maybe gives you some professional development work with like a book, maybe. I don't know if that's still going on. And if so, has he started that with you guys or, or giving you guys any type of like homework to kind of think about mentally prepare for for the season? Or we, we, have been doing the, we have been doing a book club, so we probably do it once every two or three months. I have a, like four or five books a year maybe. Um, uh, blanking on the name of the last one we did, but we did the, the Book of Joy was one of the more recent ones that we read. I think I'm mainly remembering that because I think that one resonated with me uh, a bit more. And like, um, I don't know, it's kind of interesting because like each of them, usually somebody on the team kind of brings it in like Danny or somebody <laughs> like he's connected with through the running world or like I know we're going to read uh, Lopez's book coming up here. Uh, and I know Henry had read that this summer and really liked it, and so it kind of suggested we read that. And so um, they all kind of tie in training or the time of year that we're at in the cycle, and some way or another. And so, especially for altitude camps, it's kind of nice to have something else to do. Um, although this guy's got games kind of keeping busy most of the Yeah, day. kind of what I was curious yeah. about was um, when you're not at home, when you're at somewhere like this, I mean, obviously. Uh, you know, it's a very taxing sport to be involved with. So, in all your downtime that you have, like, what what do you find yourself doing? You say gaming. What what games do you play? Call just, just a little bit of video games. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, <laughs> How many twelve year olds do you have a rivalry with? <laughs> uh, we, yeah, I play a lot of Fortnite, and um, uh, I've been playing League of Legends this trip. Didn't bring my Xbox, but um, yeah, I've been playing on. Decent amount. Decent of, amount. Decent I'd also like to, back to the books. I'd like to say <laughs> Josh Kerr hasn't read once. So if we could probably put that, that book on the. Well, it's standard. I mean, you can read them like a bedtime story. You gotta, <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah. You got to crawl before you walk. So he hasn't graduated. I know. I'm the only one with a degree, so I don't know why I need to be. You know, 
head and books studying all the time. So yeah, like, I don't yeah, have time yeah. for all this reading Milwaukee. <laughs> we haven't seen him go to class yet. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need it. It's fine, it's there. What else in four games? What, what yeah, else are you guys gonna do to kill time? We've nap like this guy naps a lot. <laughs> I've never napped before, but you know, when you have a lot of downtime during the day and you're training, uh, I've at least maxed out mileage on this trip. And so doing that, you're a little bit more tired. So kind of getting that nap in the middle of the day has been big, but man, it just kills your day. <laughs> <laughs> so you're learning stuff from them too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. I don't know if I like it or not yet, but. Oh, I don't like it. That's good. Napping's good for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I want to, I want to clear up how much you play of League of Legends. <laughs> yeah, please. To be honest, because an estimate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say like sometimes he plays in the mornings as well. Well, definitely you, more than he runs. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100. <laughs> it's after the run, hit the nap, well, lunch, hit the nap, wake up, first thing, League of Legends. And then we have sometimes we downtime, dinner, and then you play again. And then bed, repeat. So I would say he plays three times a day at least. <laughs> At least three hours a day. Mm-hmm. It's, Jess is getting excited so, over here. <laughs> offsetting the running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, what was the first video game you remember being like hooked on and, and like playing a lot? Um, I mean, all the way back to Sega Dreamcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the funny like, thing is, yes, yeah, so so like, Jesse and I and Rare, right. like that's not all that far back. <laughs> That's, I mean, that, that, was, that was the first console I played on. New. It was, uh, <laughs> it's only 10 years old. Sonic the Hedgehog and Tails. Um, it's like a big open world, and you ran around and did missions. That was fun. Probably shaped my childhood, for sure. Um, Halo. Halo 2. That game was revolutionary. <laughs> Good. Whatever game he plays now requires a lot of finger clicking, and so like, <laughs> League of Legends. His yeah. four fingers got to be the strongest part of his body. I've been playing with my. Uh, Put that on my oh. Tinder bio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, been playing with my college buddies back in uh, Utah, so uh, they're all still on the team. But been gaming with them, so it's been good. It's good. The boys call up, and I I gotta I have to help them out. You know, <laughs> they need me. That's... The the hero they need. Yeah, <laughs> they don't deserve. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm so, talking a little bit. I'll let you. <laughs> could wrap it up. Yeah, I'll, I'll do like just kind of some getting to you know you questions, just like the H you can answer, like just kind of general. Add some dimensions to like you know your personality because like I said, so many of these running discussions just revolve around running like kind of ours did. But you know, obviously, it's something that unites uh, the running community, so that you know that is kind of something that's easy to talk about at first. But just to kind of add a little bit of depth, um, so uh, you don't have to embellish too much if you don't want to. But we'll just kind of go. What's the first cassette or CD that you ever owned? They didn't have cassettes. I feel like I know what the answers will be in terms of the medium for each of you. Uh, first CD you ever purchased? You ever buy any CDs? I remember. Mine was Jock Jams. <laughs> Jock Jams. Yeah, like one of the original three. ones? Probably. Jock Jams <laughs> one, yeah. Like this was like when they first started Jock Jams or maybe Backstreet Boys. One of those two probably. Yeah. 
Pretty similar. Like, like there's, I don't know if they do that here, like the now, now 65. <laughs> 65. Oh, my God. It's yeah. a bit of me. <laughs> dancing tunes, you know. Yeah, Dylan's didn't have words. Yeah. <laughs> it's all just, it's just a beat. <laughs> I pay for a monthly subscription of Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever they work over. You gave a dollar to someone playing the drums on the street. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about, like, your favorite, uh, all-time favorite scene in a movie? Oh, that's easy. Keep it G. Oh, go on. <laughs> don't keep it G. Don't <laughs> Without limits. Steve. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> is, uh, I really like that movie. Uh, the race scene. 1972 Olympics. Oh. Like when they do it in, in the intro or when they do it at the end? At the end. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty intense. With Pat Porter. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Uh... Probably Gladiator when he does the reveal in the stadium of who he is. It's, gets me fired up. <laughs> Good. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm a big movie watcher. Yeah. <laughs> <I've just seen laughs> five movies ever. So. It's hard to watch a movie. It's it's study. Oh, yeah. It's, no it's stunning and all the reading of the book. Well, but, you know, we watched The Notorious of Conor McGregor <laughs> recently in the last couple of days. Actually, night before my race, and I was just getting so pumped. So, you know, like watching him knock Aldo out in 13 seconds was just phenomenal. <laughs> so, you know, it wasn't it was pretty historic in the grand scheme of sport, more than this Mr. Fontaine. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, that was that was pretty. Hard. I don't watch a lot of movies, um, to be honest. But we, I mean, we've, we've been trying to watch one specific trying. movie for yeah, like yeah. the whole time you guys have been here. The the free solo, um, oh, yeah. Oh. So hopefully we'll watch that before you guys leave. But uh, yeah. I watched it. Uh, I think man, when would it have come out in theaters? Probably September or October. Yeah, a few mm -hmm. months ago. My palms have not stopped sweating, and my butthole is not unclenched yeah. since watching it. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's right. pretty and it's, it's it's pretty remarkable um so especially like being in an outdoorsy place like this you know rock climbing mm -hmm. is big so it's yeah. uh yeah it's it's i definitely recommend it so look into that um what's the most embarrassing moment you had growing up growing up mm. Ooh. Uh, you can pass but i'll I'll judge you for doing so. <laughs> I'll pass. I feel like Dylan, Dylan, you definitely have one. I mean, <laughs> come on. You went to Utah State. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been some reason. That was embarrassing. Got nothing. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's a hard it's a hard one yeah, to come up with hard. on the spot. I ran into a wall uh, <laughs> in PE class in uh, grade school. It was a race across the gym and I tend to run with my head down. So I, <laughs> I won, but I looked up and I, the wall was right there. So I didn't get my hands up and headed to the hospital for some stitches. Very, very literal uh, interpretation yeah. of hitting the wall. Yeah, I think I have a wall story. Like, I don't know, I just, I've ran into a fair few walls in my time, but <laughs> <laughs> there was one specific wall that has not left me. I was a. Uh, I was in the middle of a, a little circle, someone was throwing my shoe around, and uh, I ran at them, and I slipped, because I had my socks on, because they had my shoes. I slipped, like, on the side, and then my knee hit this corner of a wall, and it was through a pair of leggings, and that, so no one saw what was actually happening, 
So, you know, I walked it off because everyone was looking at me and I was like ready to cry. I went home, I opened it up and I've still got the scar today. That was sort of like 12 years ago. It, it had gone straight through my knee and it was like seen a bit of bone. But, you know, you got to call it. I had to clean it out myself. It was fine. Got to do it when you're scarred. Nobody but. in the U.S. knows what leggings are. Leggings? <laughs> tights? Or what you call them? Tights. Tights. You're with your kilt? Oh, I'll tell you what. Oh. You want me to walk you through a, a kilt self, I will. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty embarrassing. Um, uh, what band or artist would you be uh, ashamed to admit that uh, you listen to? I really like the uh, Alicia Keys song I was on today, No One. Oh, like Gary changed. On the way to his life. On the way to the run. I feel like we're going to uncover more arguments than we don't leave here as you yeah, go to separate quarters. Oh, oh man. Probably all, most of it, most of my music. Uh, <laughs> Taylor Swift, but I feel like everybody kind of likes Taylor Swift. Garrett listens to music the whole time. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. I, like, it's really difficult to find Garrett without listening to music. Like, <laughs> breakfast, like, I, I'm pretty sure he'll listen to it during his nap. Like, he, genuinely, it's insane. He listens to music more than I play League. Yeah, that's wrong. Do <laughs> you think it's a common guilty pleasure answer? What, what's your favorite, what's your go-to T-Swift song? Oh, I don't even know. Uh, each room has a special meaning. <laughs> 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 it depends sense. where you are in your life. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, there's always one like, at one point, the boys and a couple of guys on the team and I, we had a good workout to Out of the Woods after listening to Out of the Woods by Taylor Swift. And so that one's kind of st- had a special meaning since then. But uh, yeah, I don't know. They're all of them. <laughs> uh, I listen to a lot of like, I don't know, like Adele and you know just nice chill yeah. lovely vocalists um, you know just I don't think I, was, I mean it's, it's only awkward when you're singing in the car and you're stopped <laughs> at a light and someone looks over you and you're just like, really going for it but oh nah I'm cool with like playing it out and I'm not I wouldn't say it's a guilty pleasure but it's pretty embarrassing when you're singing a, a women's song pretty loudly in your car but yeah it's Oh, he's the same piece of advice you have him about his fancy, pretentious coffee making. So you just gotta, you just gotta own it. <laughs> Walk downstairs and he's just. You know. um, if you can only watch one television series for the next year, what would you pick? The U.S. Office. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's a great pick. I feel like yeah. Anyway, I'd probably go the same, but we also some altitude camps. It's playing twenty four seven. I really like uh, Shameless. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen all the seasons yet. There's a lot, but well, that's a good one to pick. Thanks. Yeah, a lot true. of time. <laughs> <laughs> Trying uh, to intro him into Narcos right now. Watched two, two first two seasons of Narcos. That one was good. Guys, since we're in Albuquerque, have you guys seen Breaking Bad? I haven't. I have. Yeah. Yeah, I have as well. That's what I thought. I just, when I moved here, I just assumed it would be basically. I was going to live in that TV show. It hasn't been that exciting yet. Mm-hmm. Um, what food could you not live without? I love uh, <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> what's your What's your normal McDonald's order? <laughs> Two McDoubles, large fries, ten piece nuggets, sweet and sour sauce, and a large, and a large water to wash it all down. <laughs> 
He doesn't like to drink his did calories. Did I give you a large water? Is that, is that a thing? Yeah. He's getting $25. By <laughs> <laughs> you. Uh, my go-to is Ali's chocolate chip pancakes. I could eat those all the time. Like I have a go to, you know. But peanuts. No. <laughs> I'm allergic to peanuts. Um, so whenever I move out, these guys just really stuff oh. the cheeks with the nuts, and then when I arrive, they have to clean the place back up. But um, I don't know. But bagels are pretty good. But I'm, I'm very much a breakfast food kind of guy. So if there was a genre I couldn't live without, I would say breakfast. Okay. It's, it's a pretty awesome breakfast brunch kind of burritos. Yeah, burritos here are pretty awesome. And your favorite breakfast burrito in town? Ooh, that's tough. Like, I would say, like, a sit-down, like, meal. Um, I would say Dugan's. Um, Kevin does a great job. Works hard in there. And, and like, like a fast food, Blake's is freaking awesome, to be honest. When they start sponsoring us because of our four listeners, I'll make sure invite you for Wait. Yeah, they're awesome as well. So, but, I mean, like, in New Mexico, it's, it's difficult to find. I mean, these guys found a bad burrito today, but and we won't name shame. <laughs> uh, I would say it's hard to find a bad breakfast burrito here because, you know, I think it's home of the best breakfast burrito in the world. Java Joe's. <laughs> Java Joe's. <laughs> yeah, what's, uh, in terms of beverages, favorite non-alcoholic and favorite alcoholic, is what's your, what's your go-to? And if you don't drink, that's fine. No. <laughs> uh, I like... Uh, water with some Pedialyte in it. Well, Pedialyte. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the Pedialyte variety pack. That's my jam. Um, so you know that Dylan doesn't have the look for taste. That's the top pick. <laughs> Do you have a go-to Pedialyte favorite flavor? Um, I like all of them, but the apple one is probably my favorite. Uh, my girlfriend loves the strawberry one, so I have to leave those for her. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Have you been doing that here as well? <laughs> Just uh, leaving all the straws. Well, we go we go to these uh, Whole Foods. Some places don't sell them. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to find. So you got to go to the baby aisle, and you know, it's expensive. And it is expensive. <laughs> I'm more of a Lacroix guy. Uh, Dylan introduced me to the Lacroix Boy song the other day, so I found my new anthem. We can uh, play that. For the nah, time. we shouldn't. It's not a very <laughs> good song, but it's a great theme. Wonder yeah. how much you have to pay on royalties to yeah. that one. Yeah. <laughs> Probably intro song. We'll great. We'll cover it. <laughs> in, in Albuquerque, I'm a big fan of Marble Brewing. Uh, went to La Cumbre as well. Like both of those. Um, Seattle, pretty big. I like stouts and porters a lot. So, and obviously, up in the Pacific Northwest, you have to like love IPAs. So. Right, because it's like a it's like a winter. I feel like it's when I'm in the mood for those, and it's very right. rarely winter here. But right. <laughs> it's very frequently wintry weather in the Northwest. So, um, yeah, I feel like that's that's a good fit, Josh. Uh, non-alcoholic, I would say. Yeah, so I have this like. <laughs> so no, I, like from the UK, I've been these little like squashy like. Um, it's like what, what do you guys call it here? What do you oh, say you compare it to? Neo. Me, like yeah. yeah, but it's like a UK brand. It sponsors Wimbledon and uh, Scott Robinsons. It's great. Um, I bring them over from the UK, and I, I don't really like to other people to try them, but my girlfriend made it. Made me let these guys try it, and he said it wasn't as good as Pedialyte, so I don't think I'm ever going to let anyone try it again. So, 
So I would say that, um, and then I only turned 21 like three months ago, so, you know. You probably never had anything then. Uh, <laughs> don't drink. Um, nah, in the UK, I was the drinking age of 18, so any, anything cheap, to be honest. Um, uh, yeah, I hit breweries sometimes, but not very often. What, what was it? Uh, a, a Scotia? That was pretty good. It was pretty yeah, Scotch. No, it was a Scotch. Yeah, it was a It was pretty Boss good. Yeah, whatever, whatever is a high percentage and reasonably cheap. Gonna be my <laughs> <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I'll go with. Toilet gin. That's whatever, really. I'm not a classy man when it comes to drinking. Uh, what's your favorite sport to play besides uh, running? I guess you don't play running. You <laughs> just uh, Probably football. Um, well, American football. You play NFL. football? <laughs> Jesus. To play? I played in Pee Wee for three years. Does that count? <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah. I would agree. Football. We used to play in the falls in Seattle. Just touch. But, uh, yeah, grew up in the Midwest, you've got to love football. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like football. Um, Josh doesn't know what it is. No. My brother's a professional rugby player, so I watch a lot of that, and I grew up playing rugby. So, um, I would say that, but terrible player. So, um, <laughs> ping pong. I'm a really good ping pong player. Semi professional, but, you know. It's just one of those things that, like, it's really nice to be good at something like that, because, like, Everyone thinks they're good at ping pong, right? Know? So that's always. But nice. you actually are. <laughs> yeah, big <but I>, difference. <laughs> I was a captain of my school team. I was Edinburgh, Edinburgh champion, but don't worry about it. <laughs> so yeah. you didn't have a cross country team in school, but you had a no, ping pong. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was weird because we we used to go and play at lunch, um, but yeah, we had no. Well, we had a cross country team, but it was a joke. Um, to be honest, like we wouldn't train or anything like that. We just like wear the school colors and, and go out and do it sometimes, but not very often. I would say maybe once or twice a year. So that's why it doesn't really... But yeah, ping pong club. What a jam. I have to test that out. It was, there's a... Yeah, there's, fine. A, there's a new like... Uh, there's like a new bar games uh, bar that's open not far from here actually uh, called the Salt, Salt Yard. Uh, sponsor us. <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, uh, but yeah, so it's it's um, in the northeast heights, and so it's not. I mean, it's a little bit further west from here, but it's an easy drive, and, and you can go with, and you'll have quite the um, assortment of people watching. I think is what would make it interesting because it's a huge place, and it's. Mm -hmm. I mean, the couple of times I've been, it's been pretty packed. So I have to go and get. You've got you got a whole yeah two days to do, and yeah, don't don't get hurt before you're you know. You're <laughs> crowds might scare you. Oh, crowds definitely scare me. <laughs> yeah, well, my I have three tennis roommates. Uh, they're all in the tennis team at UNM, so we get some real good battles in, yeah. in the house. So yeah, it's good. All right, well, good luck, guys, with your seasons uh, respectively, you. and uh, we're looking forward to following you guys. And thanks for sitting down with us. Yeah, thanks a lot.